Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior corporate professional turned entrepreneur, Mr. Deepayan Mohanty. Deepayan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Deepayan is uh, the promoter and managing director of Hemera Global, which is a commodity trading firm. Uh, he's worked for Cargill for 14 years. So Deepayan, let's talk about Hemera today. Tell me about this venture and what was your motivation to start it? So uh, uh, Hemera is a 11 years old uh, global supply chain solution platform. Mm-hmm. You know, the Meaning of Himera is daylight. And mm-hmm. you know, when I started off, always thought about fresh ideas, you know, uh-huh. innovations. And uh, so we we provide the solutions in the to the clients through three separate verticals, one being uh-huh. procurement and you know distribution of commodity and product across the world. Mm-hmm. And we have a vertical which uh, supports and complements this effort by providing supply chain financing. Mm-hmm through our trade finance fund that we run in US. And then we also represent a German bank in Asia. Mm. And uh, thirdly, we have a uh, you know very strong vertical on advisory, which uh, provides supply chain risk management advisory, treasury management advisory, and turnaround strategies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, the motivation to start this, well, I mean, I remember uh, <laughs> way long back when I was in 20s and in Tata Steel, when uh, once we were having a discussions among friends and you know the, we were saying okay what do you want to be 10 year 20 year down the line and the answers were coming be a divisional manager manager or a general manager and that didn't really fit in my you know philosophy so i mm-hmm. went to mba from iim and uh, then a second kind of thought process came to me when i was in late 30s mm-hmm. and uh, with all the exposures global exposures i was holding and this question came am i going to retire and earn some super innovations, you know, once I'm 60, then answer was no. I wanted to create a platform of value, you know, impart knowledge to young generations. And in the process also, you know, attract good people to come and join the platform and, uh, you know, earn return out of it and also be happy, you know, by contributing to the, uh, you know, the knowledge to the market. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what I'm here. Fascinating, yeah. fascinating. So, you know, you have spent three decades in commodities. I'd love to get your perspective over how commodities have grown uh, across the whole world and how easy or more difficult it has become to trade. Well, I think uh, there are many areas and huge amount of changes have come. But the mm-hmm. biggest being the technology. Look at the technology you find, you know, today we're talking about high-speed internet, you know, email itself has become a passive virtual world. We are talking on Zoom, being far away from each other, and uh, you know, uh, blockchain technology being the latest that has brought a lot of transparency and you know, diminishing fraud in the system. Mm. We have you know things like cryptocurrencies, which you know all digitalized even currencies, various assets being mm. digitalized, which are being traded across the world. Mm. Compared to this, when I think back, you know, early '90s when I was a trader that time, very fondly I remember Ashutosh that. Uh, in our international office as a trader, mm. and that time I used to find that very interesting, okay, as a high tech. But used to be the communication mode used to be faxes and telex. And Correct. 
the office would have a telex uh, you know center mm. and a trader would actually uh, have a physical pipe you know going all through the desk and when he want to send a message to the other trader globally mm. we used to write a check and then put into the pipe the pipe is to operate through you know that air suction pressure Yeah. you know go to the center and that's how the communication used to be so mm. technology is one big thing which has also got the speed in decision making your mm. uh, transparency in prices the second thing uh, as you know in our derivative markets has really picked up today mm. it's even equal or even larger than the physical market globally mm. and unifications of the global market we see mm. that the unifications of african market has never been uh, as it used to be earlier Mm-hmm. you know i mean it has really grown mm. technology uh, you know infrastructural development uh, these are all a massive change and shift Correct. Correct. in the old trading scenario very well said and, and you're so right i mean you know uh, when i was i remember with itc global uh, mm-hmm. you know the challenges used to be very different i mean how do you get information to move from one place to the other was a big challenge yeah, i yeah. i agree with you technology has made a big difference but you know coming back to what uh, you were saying about uh, your being uh, you know a global supply chain solutions platform mm-hmm. when i was reading about you you directly impact lives of farmers because of all the commodities that you're picking up what are some of the key supply chains in our country well ashutosh you hit a very very important point let's say on farmers mm-hmm. you know i would like to Uh, spend a little, uh, you know, time to talk about my views around yeah. what the reality is around agriculture sector and farmers in yeah. India. Right? See, agricultural sector is the lowest yielding sector in the country today. Correct. For the farmers' perspective, mm-hmm. as you really know, it's highly cluttered, uh, highly complex, and uh, you know this in, in industry or sector constitutes of fifteen percent of the GDP today. I mean, during our independence time, it used to be more than fifty percent. Mm-hmm. and uh, it it has 60% of the workforce which are deployed here so mm. effectively though there's not a direct uh, extrapolations on this but mm. you can imagine that half the population of india earning 1/6th of the income mm. right if you look at the lands you know the the lands are not really uh, the return on the lands are not really as attractive as a farmer will get if he has to build a factory on it or a school on it right mm. and then uh, when you and and then the msps which are decided by the government that doesn't take consideration of the land return mm. so uh, the fork to farm gate gap in india you know is as high as 65 to 90% mm-hmm. i mean if you compare that with france it is only 10% you know indonesia is 20% this says there is a large amount of value that get lost in the system that goes to the let's say middleman mm-hmm. or there are a lot of wastages which brings to the supply chain problem right mm. and uh, today everyone talks about nutri uh, sorry talks about uh, food safety nobody talks about nutrition in india mm. so look at the you know states like punjab and haryana where you know there is a vested interest there because when the fci picks up that extra surplus grains mm. there are says that goes to the state government and there are a mm. lot of earning the state government gets out of it right mm. so due to all this uh, farmer doesn't get the encouragement in india to even produce alternate crops mm. they all stick to not india i would say rather few states 
not like going into production of vegetable or mm. go to for that matter poultry so they don't do that right we continue to have the restrictive uh, and outdated uh, you know the act like essential commodity act right which also brings in a fear in a warehouse manager that why should i build a warehouse if tomorrow government says mm. you can't store a commodity beyond certain uh, value mm. then you know we have been talking about the crop insurance the crop financing we talking about uh, you know roadways uh, uh, the warehouses nearer to the farmland all those things are being talked about our efforts are being taken but we haven't really seen these things are really picked up mm. so all this are contributing to uh, you know the i would say the cluttered days in this particular segment mm. one you know uh, thing probably will agree with me is instead of going through all these subsidies which are going in a very indirect way in india mm. if a direct subsidies can be given to the farmers you give them money let them decide what to buy with it but do everything at the market price mm-hmm. that might bring in all these issues and real spending could happen on the areas which require to be spent Amazing. i mean you look at even countries like pakistan and china they are mm-hmm. they are they are doing the direct uh, uh, subsidies to the farmers so yeah these are few amazing amazing <laughs> that's an, i you know i never looked at it from that perspective but you're probably right uh, give money directly in their hands and then that let them take a call absolutely but, you know another thing that i've been noticing with a lot of the large commodity companies mm-hmm. is that they're making an entry into the branded segments branded goods or you know uh, branded goods segments i'd love to get your perspective on that So, well you know uh, i would say the forward integration reaching out to the customer is the call of the day in fact not today i uh, in early 2000 in kargil uh, we had uh, started we have started a brand called nature fresh mm-hmm. which uh, you know we were earlier to that we were only supplying for example edible oil to a few refineries in mm-hmm. india and 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 that's it we were and doing the supply chain risk management then we felt the real game is to move to the branding and uh, move to the market so we created the brand uh, and then you know we did the same thing around fertilizer uh, the branding and plus the packaging because that's where the real returns are coming from and mm. many global companies and indian companies are moving into that mm. so and uh, and is himera doing the same see himera is not operating on that segment we okay. of course we we are into the segment of what as i said in the international trade and complement our business by providing supply chain financing hmm. and and the advisory so we bring in our value in the process of uh, you know providing a uh, how do i say uh, a portfolio of service to the international customers not really gone into the branding side as yet hmm. okay okay i love your comment as yet yeah and you're right nobody knows the future but you know dipya and tell me uh, india is such a large agricultural economy mm. how significant a player are we in the commodity trading world well in the context of commodity trading I mean, let me uh, i always when i when i you know think about trading mm. please remember that india had a mindset 
of uh, being negative towards the global traders okay. till 90s. East India Company came to India 300 years back and started you know, ruling India. So the mindset of trading was quite negative till we actually crossed 90s when you remember Ashutosh that, you know, from your ITC time and that there used to be a FIPB approval which was required for the global companies to come in. Right? Mm. And subsequently it has fallen under the autom automatic route. Correct. Now, India has grabbed that opportunity today with the presence of almost every global trading company in India. Mm. Similarly, the Indian trading companies like say Tata International or even like some manufacturing companies like Vedanta has gone and acquired the companies outside. Mm. So at the same time, you find the Indians, you know, has taking very senior roles in global companies, globally, the CXO roles are mm. coming there. Mm. Indian infrastructures has changed, no doubt. The free trade zones have come up. And more importantly, the country risk of India has uh, drastically become better. Okay. You see, today India is the fourth largest country in the world holding the forex reserve, like 640 billion. Yeah. Now the country risk changing that brings in the liquidity to the trade finance supply chain. Mm. Latest also we are seeing that the global you know manufacturing base also shifting to India mm. post COVID. Correct. China effect, right? Correct. So uh, so India has really taken a large you know, participation in the global trade today with mm. all these things happening. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. So let's talk a little bit about infrastructure because, uh, you know, I think a lot of money is being spent on infrastructure in India. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to get your perspective. Uh, you know, that uh, I've often read that a lot of grain is lost because of poor warehousing. Um, and I know that a lot of the private sector has gone into warehousing. What is your view on that? Well, I think when we talk about warehousing, uh, we need to uh, differentiate industrial warehousing, you know, farm sector warehousing, perishable, non-perishable. Mm. I do agree with you. The warehousing uh, uh, standard in India has been pretty bad. Mm. And I'm, I'm, let, let me correct. I mean, it, it much more left desired to be done. Correct. Uh, there are a lot of activities happening. But on the industrial side, we are not doing that bad. Mm. But on the perishable and agricultural side, there is definitely a gap on quantity and quality of warehouses. Mm. Well, let's talk about per capita warehouse space in India today. Mm. The figure I was reading the other day mm. is 0 0.022 square meters per capita. Okay. Wow. The same figure is 0.88 in China and 4.4 in US, which wow. means mm. that China warehouse per capita is 40 times more than India. Mm. And US is 200 times more than India. So mm. there's a huge gap to be uh, really captured out there. Mm -hmm. Number of warehouse companies in India is, say, 500. Mm. The, the same number is 11,000 in US. Mm. So that's one side to really understand about the potential of warehouse that where we can lead to. Mm. But the other side to feel happy about is if you look back 2017, the warehouse space. Uh, the number that came in warehouse space in India was say 1.2 million square mm -hmm. meters. Mm -hmm. okay. The number in 2021 has become 3.2 uh, million square meters. Okay. The projection of 2026 is 7.6 million uh, square meters. Mm -hmm. So the year-on-year -year growth projected of 15 odd percent is something which looks very uh, promising. Mm -hmm. I just need to 
on top of that, Asutos add that it is not only about the infrastructure of warehouses. Mm. It, 2007, uh, the, the, the law was changed to make warehouse receipts as a negotiable instrument. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then subsequently, we talked about digitalizing the warehouse receipts. Mm. The right steps has been taken. Now, question is how much the banks are accepting these warehouse receipts? Correct. And bring in the liquidity in the supply chain. Right. So that the storage ability and the intent of farmers and you know, rest, you know the supply chain players mm. goes up. Mm. Uh, that would make the biggest change that we could really be looking for in India. Wonderful. Wonderful. The uh, the next question related to infrastructure is that a lot of money is being spent on, of course, road transportation with much better roads. But more recently, I've been reading that river transportation is something which is being talked about a lot. Now, most major countries do have a lot of river transportation. We've had our challenges with our rivers. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, definitely uh, today, if you uh, look at the road transportation, 65% okay, of the goods in India gets transported through roads. Correct. There has been major focus on the roads. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, there has been, of course, uh, the ministry figure says that in last seven years, almost 50% more the highways has been built. That's mm -hmm. we read. Now, despite that, there are congestion on the road. Despite there are congestion on the railways. Mm. So the river transportation and especially in a country like India can definitely add and uh, ease the transportation uh, process in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, globally, uh, it has happened when we pick up, let's say, coal from Indonesia, we see that, you know, interland transport through uh, rivers and uh, uh, through the waterway is there. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's definitely a welcoming step if uh, really picked up. Uh, I have no view actually that how long it's going to take. Okay. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So one more question relating to uh, the supply chain business before I come to my last question on your, your uh, you know, private equity fund that you have. Sure, sure. Um, what in your opinion does the government need to do to help companies and businesses like yours? See, uh, I think the uh, one of the biggest thing that we look for is more, uh, you know, transparency in the regulations. Mm -hmm. Leave less for the interpretation. Mm. More you leave for the interpretation, more we get the bureaucracy, you know, setting on and try to interpret and mm. just the hassle factor. So the mm. transparency. Okay. Uh, the second one would be more aligned to how we see, uh, you know, the global trade operates in countries like uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, Dubai, mm. because there is a huge potential to grow. Why can't India be a global center of global trade? Correct. Why India need to really pick up, only talk about uh, physical import and exports. Mm. We operate from Singapore and do large amount of global trade sitting in Singapore. Mm. Why do those revenues cannot be captured in India? So, uh, I mean, if you talk about, I, I'm talking on an Indian perspective. I think mm. that's what I guess you're asking, sure. right? Sure. Sure. the government can do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, those are ones, you know, and then making uh, the cross-border regulations around, uh, you know, fund flow, mm. uh, you know, around the banking, and uh, maybe they could do a little bit, uh, which they are trying to work on. We need to really see how the likes of cryptocurrencies uh, and all become a medium of, uh, you know, trading. Mm. Uh, again, I can't say good or bad, but uh, these are all 
as the global countries are tuning themselves up, mm. India need to stay ahead of curve there and uh, rather than being behind. Mm. Very interesting. So I'm going to now move to the last segment of our conversation. Sure. Uh, you've just mentioned as we started that you uh, manage funds for private and investors focusing on supply chains. Uh, tell me a little more about this and how this works. So we have a uh, we have a small fund in US, which uh, AUM being uh, below fifty million. The idea of the fund is uh, the two twofold. Of course, in in addition to give the return to the LPs, uh, we make this fund as participating in a supply chain financing along with larger funds. Mm -hmm. So we put the skin in the game by. Uh, providing 5 to 10% exposure that we take uh, mm. on overall supply chain financing. Mm. These funds doesn't focus uh, particularly in any country like India, but mm -hmm. it does, uh, you know, supply chain financing on a global basis. Mm. And uh, we uh, have done financing in Hong Kong based company, China, uh, you know, Chinese companies. Mm. We have done that with uh, European companies. So it enhances our appeal for serving the supply chain, uh, you know, by endorsing a risk, mm. right? And uh, which is uh, other than the same time giving the right return to the LPs, mm. uh, which has worked very beautifully for us. Mm. So that we don't actually come in there just as an advisor or, or just as a trader. We come in there as even participating on a supply chain. Financing. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Deepin, on that note, uh, I just want to say thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for talking to me at such length about Hemera and all the amazing work you are doing there. You actually took me back to the mid nineties when I was, uh, you know, working in the commodity space for a little while, but uh, thank you again and good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Pleasure being on your show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.